0: Is a guaranteed annual income a better way for government to deliver social programs like welfare, UI, and old-age pensions? Well, in Ottawa, a federal MP is pushing for government research on the subject. Ontario's provincial budget announced a pilot program to try it out. In Quebec, a cabinet minister has been assigned to study the idea. It's the first uh, such project in this country since the 1970s. It's an idea that has won support from both the right and the left over the years. My next guest has taken real steps to make it a reality. Scott Santins is an advocate for uh, basic income. He's written extensively on the issue, and you can check that out at uh, scottsantins.com. Scott, nice to have you on our program. Hello. Hi. Tell me why a guaranteed annual income is a better way to go than the way we do it now
1: oh sure so um basic income is essentially just the creation of a uh, an income floor above the poverty line which is um, and if you do that of course then there's um people would not need to uh to be in poverty and there wouldn't be those costs associated uh, with poverty that like there's, there's So many costs as far as like there's crime there's there's health care there's all these need for programs even like the need for food banks i mean like why do people go to food banks is it because you know that it's because they can't afford the uh the purchase of food so if we just give them the money for food then they don't require that so there's just there's so many programs in government that are associated uh, with income assistance, and it's also because it's targeted to people. It's because it's all means tested. This means that uh, you basically, essentially, take money away for people working. You essentially punish people for uh, for getting jobs, uh, even part time, full time, whatever, because you're pulling this money away. It's essentially taxing uh, those in poverty at rates, uh, you know, at 80% and above. So. If you actually just simply give people uh, a minimum amount of starting cash, then you don't need all these other programs. And you save all that in administration costs, and you save on the costs of uh, you know, things like healthcare, where people are actually healthier for having the money to meet their most basic needs.
0: What kind of guaranteed uh, level are we talking about? How much money would, uh, would people receive? Well, that amount
1: is, of course, up for debate, and it's something uh, that country after country is looking at as to see, okay, what should we set this at? Um, and even you've got countries like Finland who are actually going to test this and actually test different levels to see what that should be. Uh, in the U.S., it would most likely be around uh, $1,000 a month uh, just because we've set up a federal poverty line that's around $12,000 a year. In Canada... Uh, it's up for debate. You don't really have the uh, definition of a hard poverty line like we do in the U.S., but um, I would say it's somewhere around 1000 to to uh, 2000 Canadian dollars is what mostly uh, you guys seem to be talking about there in Canada.
0: Um, and, and this would improve the situation because presumably the bureaucracy would go away. Now, whether that actually happens or not, I think, is a question because the bureaucracy never seems to go away. Um, <laughs> it, it's, yeah, this is, so it's it's more more effective, more productive,
1: right? And really, if you look at this as uh, you know, we've never been able to get rid of bureaucracy, and it's it's one of those tricks too, where people people can't lose their jobs in this world that we're in right now, where people are only able to obtain income through employment. So if you're working in, as part of the bureaucracy, as part of the administration of government programs. You need that money that you get from your job just like everybody else. But of course, if you have this income separate from it, then it's not at, there's not as much, uh, pushing for these jobs that, uh, that need to continue to exist. And that actually applies also across the board, uh, to the automation argument as well, which is to say that with uh, the rise of technology and things like self-driving cars and artificial intelligence and these things and robots, that uh, we don't want people clinging to this idea of jobs uh, in order to live. And uh, it's essentially a roadblock to, to advancement and progress as long as people are afraid of losing their income. So it's really important that we decouple uh, income from work so that we can actually uh, turn this automation of labor into a good thing instead of a bad thing,
0: well, like, who, as of right now. If, if we're going to disconnect income from work um, yes. where, where where does the money come from to, um, you know, fund the uh, basic income for everybody?
1: Oh, sure. When I say disconnect income from work, I'm just saying that it's no longer necessary to obtain a small portion of income without uh, with working. So essentially, everybody would still have jobs and employment and self-employment. In fact, uh, we've seen basic income results with uh, higher levels of entrepreneurship. Uh, but you would earn your incomes above this baseline. So you still have those jobs. Everybody, like, just think of, would you uh, want to stop doing everything just to earn? You know, would you be happy with earning $12,000 a year? Well, most people aren't. Most people want to earn more. Just like when people get a raise, they don't, like, ask to cut their hours so that mm-hmm. they can earn the same amount as they were before. Like, we want to earn money. We want to do more. Uh, on top of this. This is just a starting floor that's, you know, instead of zero, it's actually at a specific number above that.
0: And there is lots of talk, and we'll be talking about this in the in the weeks to come. Uh, you mentioned technology. Uh, there's one suggestion that uh, in the next 20 years, uh, up to 50% of jobs will have been replaced by some piece of technology, robotics, what have you. There are going mm-hmm. to be a lot and lot of people uh, who are going to find themselves without work because of this.
1: Correct, yes. And we're actually, we are already seeing this, too. This, so a lot of this argument is actually based around, like you said, the, uh, the, the, uh, the study from Frayn Osborne about the potential loss of half of our jobs in 20 years. Well, the thing is, too, is that we've actually been uh, seeing a, a, a change in the labor market uh, for decades now. And this has been the essentially the elimination of uh, your middle uh, skill jobs and replacing them with the creation of new low skill service sector jobs, which is really uh, a big part of the erosion of the middle class. Um, and this is all around the world. And also, you've seen this uh, stagnation of the growth of uh, non uh, of routine jobs. Uh, if you look at non routine versus routine jobs, uh, these jobs that are uh, you can essentially, they, are, they work really well with, uh, with technology and robots and uh, software.
0: All right. Scott, listen, we've got to leave it there. Uh, interesting conversation. Thank you, Scott Santons. You can go and uh, check out more at ScottSantons.com. We'll also uh, put his link on our website uh, on the John McComb Show page as well.